Hello my friend, I'm Avi Caparas, host of The Decisive Life and founder of Ethics for Work and Life. And I'm honored to be your decision coach today to help you become a better person by making better decisions every day. I believe that we arrive at crossroads, we face dilemmas, we get at decision moments for a reason, and it is up to us to face them with serenity and courage and most of all, gratitude. Today, we have as our guest, Angelica Howe, who graduated cum laude from the University of the Philippines, and she landed in the top three of the Chemical Engineering Licensure Examination. Welcome, Angelica. Hello, Dr. Alvin. Thank you for having me. Okay, of course. And as the people might have remembered last Saturday or last Sunday, you were not able to come in because of the internet, but I think it really happened. So tell me what happened on that day that you received the news that you landed in the top three? So on that day, um, actually PRC announced that they are targeting to release the results on that day, that particular day. So I was speaking just to my friend, just trying to console each other because we're all pretty nervous what the results could be. Um, around 5 p.m., I actually had my circle. I'm scheduled to have my circle at 5 p.m. that day. But it was delayed for 15 minutes. And when I checked my phone, I found that the results were already out at exactly 5 p.m. So I just searched my name and my friend's name. And when I found out that UP had a 100% passing rate, I was already very happy. I called my mom. Um, but right before the circle started, I saw some people chatting me that saying their congratulations. And one friend, one of my thesis mates, told me that I was top three so I was pretty shocked but I had to hold on to the emotions because I was having my circle and then after that after the circle ended I told my mom and said thank you to all my friends who congratulated me. Why did you take chemical engineering? I took chemical engineering because it's such a diverse course actually in UP we don't really have a bachelor in environmental engineering but there are master programs for that so the reason why I took it is just because it's so diverse. It involves a lot of the process that we see around us in pharmaceuticals, in consumer goods, as I said, in oil, in the oil industry, or even in waste management. Do you recall the first time you wanted to become a chemical engineer? I never really imagined myself to be an engineer. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was little. But when I went to high school, I went to Philippine Science High School. It's a science and technology high school. So I have a contract to take science and engineering in college. So that's when I started to have an affinity with math and chemistry. That's why I took chemical engineering. And what are the most difficult subjects in chemical engineering? Um, probably the majors. So when I went to college, I realized that chemical engineering isn't about math and chemistry. It's actually more about chemical engineering as a subject itself. So we do have topics on thermodynamics and transport phenomena. And how did you overcome those difficult subjects? How did you tackle those difficult subjects? For me, I just felt that I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. <laughs> like It's important as well to study with the people around you, to continuously ask other your classmates for help, ask your professors for help. What really helped was like developing a good study habit that doesn't have to be very intense, but it can be like 
trying to divide your time, focusing on building small habits that you continuously and perseveringly stick with each day. Hey, good that you mentioned the small habits because I'm very interested in that. What are those small habits? Can you specify more? I guess the feeling that you get when you are faced with such a, a large goal is the feeling of getting overwhelmed. So even just doing your task for five minutes for me is extremely helpful. Sometimes it just takes five minutes to help you um, build up a momentum that you can carry on for the rest of your day. Um, in college, we have a lot of breaks. So even just a one-hour break, trying to fit whatever task that I can in that small window. And I guess it's so much more helpful when I was reviewing for the boards because we had a lot of time to prepare for the boards. Ideally, there were times that I was working, so I really had to make do with the time that I have. So when you said that you were reviewing, taking advantage of the breaks, are you talking about lunch breaks? Well, in college, our schedule is a bit different. So sometimes we have lunch breaks, sometimes we just have time in between classes. So yeah, taking advantage of that. When I was reviewing for the boards, just waking up earlier than my time to, to go to work, <laughs> just taking advantage of even like the lunch break. Yeah, that wow, you must have a great talent for concentration, just really already focusing on the task with a little bit, like if I have 15 minutes, I don't know whether where my mind will go. But how do you manage to really concentrate with the little breaks that you said? With concentration, I guess it varies from person to person. So I'm not like perfect. Like, of course, I do get distracted a lot. But for me, because my problem was just beginning. You know, it's hard to start. So I just take advantage of just five minutes of just trying to solve like two problems. And then I'll see what happens after that. I just find myself after five minutes that I can still tackle like another 30 minutes. And then it just goes on and on. So those small things just add up. Yeah. So you were saying just those little, okay, one question and then another question. That's great. So in terms of concentration, how did you get? to have that kind of concentration? Concentration um, because of the pandemic and everything. So I don't really have time to meet my classmates or ask them for help. So with concentration, I guess just knowing knowing yourself, because I know some people like to work in a coffee shop or like to work in a place where there's background music or like there are people talking. I am someone who sometimes I change it up. Sometimes I just go to a coffee shop sometimes I just stay at home so just limiting their distractions um, around me like leaving my phone far away because it takes more energy to keep yourself from picking up your phone so just removing the distraction will like, help you conserve your energy and to be more focused in studying did you say you left your phone somewhere in a sense that you won't really it won't distract you but you were also saying that you could um, ask your friends. So how was the struggle in asking friends or really just don't mind the phone this time? Well, now it's a bit different. Like sometimes we, we can go now to Discord. Like there are like sites where you can study with your friend. Just so there's accountability. There's um, a sense of commitment. 
knowing that there's another person who can see you. And how's your day when it came to concentrating already? Like you said, you resigned from your work. How was the day like? Uh, after, when I was already not working. So we, I did enroll in a review center. I enrolled in a review center because I knew that I would have a difficult time managing my own time when I was still working. So I enrolled there. And in the morning, we'd get lectures. So it's usually four hours. Sometimes um, we have another lecture in the afternoon. So that's it. So in the morning, I wake up, I attend the lecture. And then I had a lot of backlogs because, again, I was working. So I just tried to, to catch up on the lectures that I missed. And then I just practice all day as much as I could with the exercises given by the review center. When you say that you have backlogs, was there a point before the exam that you really finished everything? Um, I was able to finish, but I think with the work, it's a tendency to be so extremely perfectionist. For example, in math, like you really want to perfect it, but then that's not really practical. So it's better to focus on the basics. So I just did my best to let it go of those perfectionist tendencies and try to cover each topic with the basic concepts as much as I can. And then when I have time in the end, that's when I try to try harder, harder problems or harder concepts. What is your tip as to covering all the subjects covered by the board exam? Um, for the board exam, I guess knowing the rubrics, like knowing which topics are most prominent based on previous board exams, because it's really, really can't cover everything. You're not, you can't, it's just impossible to cover everything and know everything. So the best that you can do is check the syllabus of PRC. I know some review centers, um, they already have a set schedule and they also give tips naman on how, on which topics are most prominent. Um, there's this thing called the Pareto rule, right? It's the 80-20 and sometimes, it only requires 20% of your input to get 80% of the output. So just focusing on the major subjects and master master the basics, really. Because in the board exam, they don't really do extremely complicated problems. Usually, that, that's just a small, small number. Most of them, they're just basic concepts. So when you say is, these are basic subjects, like, you could tell students in the first year really master the basics. Oh, yeah. I think that's just having a strong foundation because even in college, if you know, for example, in chemical engineering, the the basics is really chemical engineering calculations, the introductory course, the mass balances, and all. I don't know. Maybe some chemical engineering students who can see this can relate. But the, the mass balances, the heat balances, those are like the core of the entire chemical engineering course. So, just focusing on, on there and really go along with Are there, like, in your course, could you remember some types of teachers who really helped you, the style, the teaching styles? Not exactly particular persons, but the teaching style that actually helped you to really have a strong foundation in your course? Well, there are professors who really give handouts because the primary skill that you have to master is really practicing solving just keep on practicing every day and then you'll just find yourself having that that habit already of solving having your own own style of solving 
there are some teachers who really give a lot of handouts, a lot of um, practice problems that are really helpful in reviewing for the exams. And later on, they help me in my review as well. Okay, tell us the schedule of the board exam. When you say first day was furious, was that half day, full day, and then several days? So it's a three-day exam. The first day is from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's more in chemistry, environmental, engineering, biochem. On the second day, that's where the core subjects, the chemical engineering principles, that's the exam for that. So that's 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then the last day is just physics, math, engineering, mechanics, all the general engineering subjects. That's 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we don't really have a lunch break. So you you decide when you're going to eat. Usually review centers give mock board exams. So you can try to imagine that you're already taking the board exam so that you know your body well. Right. And taking such a difficult subject, I mean, comparatively speaking, with regard to other engineering courses, chemical engineering seems to be the most difficult. Do you agree? I read that somewhere. Do you agree? I think all engineering subjects are hard. I don't know. I haven't. I can't really speak for other engineering courses, but for me, it's really hard. I wouldn't have imagined if I didn't have any friends. I wouldn't know how to deal with it, like not just academically, but like emotionally. Okay, tell us about that. Yeah, the emotional roller coaster ride when it comes to chemical engineering course. It really is like a battle of, of your emotions. Sometimes you have a tendency to just give up. I feel like I can't do it. Then you really can't do it if that's the mentality. But I think in college, what really helped me was just continue going on. <laughs> just continue with what you're doing. Maybe there's a miracle <laughs> or something in the end. So it's really believing in yourself, believing in your capabilities, and believing that those small things that you succeed in each day, for example, those 30 minutes of you practicing a problem, each day, they add up in the end. Like, you realize that I ko pala. And so that's really what helped me. And also, having friends really to cheer you up. Because if you're just carrying all the emotions alone, it's really hard. You can only go through so much. And lastly, prayer as well. Of course, we're very limited. And just knowing that we can't do everything and abandoning all the things that we can to God and really help release that pressure that we put in ourselves sometimes. Was there a time that really you wanted to quit this, the, the course, the degree, just shift to another course? Oh, yes. Actually, in my college experience, I actually had a, a failing grade. I failed the subject, so I had to retake it. If I didn't retake it, I would be delayed. So that was really like a humbling experience, I feel like. But it's also something that I'm very grateful for. Because it helped me to be more comfortable in failing. And that's why when I was taking this board exam, I wasn't extremely pressured. Because sometimes you can self-sabotage if you put too much pressure that you can you can you you can hold everything in your hands or you can control everything. So when I was taking the board exam, I was just grateful that I was able to take it after how many board exams that were delayed and just trying the best with what I can and knowing that I have no regrets in the effort that I put into it. So you said that the board exam was delayed. So was that because of the pandemic? Was it delayed? Was the, was the exam given once a year and delayed for two years? Yes, I graduated in 2020 actually. So I was supposed to take it right after I graduated, but because of the pandemic, it got delayed. It's usually every May and every October. So it got delayed twice. 
And then the first board exam after the pandemic happened last year, October. At the time, I was already working, so it was difficult to manage. So this is like the second board exam after the pandemic. So I'm really grateful. Would you have reviewed for two years? <laughs> for two years? Actually, back then, it was hard to concentrate because they always, they always say the board exams was already canceled. So sometimes if you study too much, you can I don't know. I'm that kind of person. I have a short-term memory. But I guess that those months of reviewing also helped add up when I was able to take the board exam. Siguro it also helped them, but I just didn't realize it. Okay, tell me more about this failing subject. How does it feel to fail a subject? Oh, it's unimaginable. <laughs> of course, I didn't really see myself as like the top of the class or anything. But we had a lot of failing scores. It was normal for us. We would laugh about it. <laughs> like in chemical engineering, we usually get like a 40 out of 100 or like a 5 out of 100 in an exam, but I didn't imagine it would happen to me in a subject. At the time, I also had a scholarship. I'm a scholar um, for a nonprofit organization. So I had to maintain my grade. And so when I found out that I failed, it was really saddening. But I'm grateful because my family never really pressured me. They were very supportive in my decision to retake it. So I retook it in the summer after. I was also very grateful because all the professors have been very encouraging <laughs> with retakers, with me retaking it. And you mentioned your family. Can you tell us more about your family? Yes, I'm an only child. In my father's side, I'm also the only granddaughter, grandchild. Me going to Pesai and going to UP, I lived in a dorm ever since I was 12. So that was really hard for them, I feel like. They just didn't let me <laughs> notice. But it's hard to see your family only in the weekends in high school and when I was in college. I'd only see them twice a year. So it helped me to be more independent. And of course, we do keep in contact as much as possible. They've been really supportive. They never really pressured me actually to talk the class or whatever. Sometimes it's really just me <laughs> pressuring myself. Can you like compare yourself with other students, other students like also in Pisai, in high school, and in college. Did you also learn from their own experiences? Yeah, so in high school, I felt like we were like a small family because we see each other every day, and when you sleep at night, so basically I feel like we're like a sort of a small community. Up until college, they really serve as a good support system. We have similar struggles of being away from family and, of course, the pressures that come with carrying the name of the schools that we've been in. Of course, there's a lot of pressure to, to pass in the board exam and to pass in UP when I was in high school. It's great that we have each other, at least, to help ease those burdens and those pressures. How many, Barcada, how many close friends do you have? <laughs> I'm actually very introverted. So lately I haven't been <laughs> I haven't been going to a lot of get togethers <laughs> with friends, but I do have a few few close friends where I share my problems and my challenges. Going back to that failing subject, I'm quite interested in that. What is that one thing that you have learned from that failing subject? So with regards to studying, I guess, versus to accept, have that sense of acceptance. 
in the vision that you have of yourself or the expectations that you put with yourself to the reality. As I said, it's really a humbling experience and it helped me like instead of wallowing in in that sadness, I guess. Of course it's important to release those emotions because we're humans after all. But it shouldn't define us. Like failures shouldn't define you. It doesn't mean that you failed now, that you're gonna fail forever, or that it lessens your dignity as a person. But Instead, use it as a motivation for you, an opportunity for you to know what things you lack and what things you can improve on. As for me, it's really giving more time to things that I have difficulty in, asking help from people around me rather than keeping it all for myself. And lastly, to just abandon, <laughs> just really abandon everything that you can control and to grab the opportunity that I had. Well, I was able to retake it thankfully enough. So just grabbing the opportunities that you have to get back amidst the failure. Did it give you some trauma that probably retaking the subject, you might fail it again or you might fail other subjects? Did it give you that particular fear? Oh, definitely. Sometimes I think about it, but then I just shrug it off. <laughs> There's two sides of the coin. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I might fail again because it happened. So it's really something that is possible to happen. And then there's another side of the coin that's just, oh, I've been there. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. So I'll just keep going. <laughs> when you got the grade for that failing subject, how did it feel? Um, when we were computing with my friends, because at the time we can compute, right? There, I had an inkling that I was going to fail. Um, but when I really received the score, I was actually in an outreach in Zimbales. And we were teaching maths to the Aita community in Zambales. So I found out there. And I guess I was in the right place at the right time. Because even though I got, I saw the grade officiated on my screen, it wasn't really as bad because I felt that I'm still very blessed knowing that there are communities out there who are much less privileged than I am. And it made me feel that it's a small worry and there's still a lot of hope left. And I'm just grateful to to be where I was, because it helped me to see the larger picture of why I'm studying in the first place. It's not really for the grade or for the honors, but for serving the people and just seeing the people around me, the communities there, was really eye-opening. You mentioned the Aitas. Can you describe it more, that experience with that community? So we were teaching children in Castelleja, Zambales. So there are communities there. The children there aren't able to go to school, some of them. Um, some of them are in grade 3 but aren't able to read. Some of them are, I think they're a bit dyslexic then. They have trouble copying the words. Some of them already are in higher grades but aren't able to do. The level of math is not in par with what they are actually able to do. And how did you measure the impact of how you helped them? Well. It's not really much, to be honest. I feel like it wasn't as much. It's just five days, as I said. It's five days. But I feel like it changed me a lot. And I feel like we were able, kahit konti lang, I hope that we were able to give more hope to the students there. Especially, well, some of them, they're still my Facebook friends. The artists in that type of community. They're like more of leaders, leaders in that area, teenagers. What are your top three advice for students who would like to take chemical engineering? I guess first to 
surround yourself with people who share the same goals as you want. Well, in engineering, I feel like you can't really survive alone. What I mean by that is you need encouragement and having a good support system with people who are also going through the same things as you go through. I think it's more, aside from the academic pressures that come with taking the course, it's really an emotional and mental battle as well. So surrounding yourself with like-minded people, having a good support system is extremely helpful. Second, develop good study habits. I used to not have a very good study habit. I would just study whenever, <laughs> whatever. But developing a study habit that is accustomed to your personality and to your habits is really helpful. It varies from person to person. So just experiment on what your study style is, is helpful. And third, I guess to ask your professors for help if you don't be don't be shy to ask your classmates or your professors for help if you don't understand something. I know some people when I was in college would even sit in in another class to better understand the topic if they can't understand it in their own class yet. So just don't be afraid to to ask help and to go the extra, put in extra effort if you need. It's not a shame to put more effort onto something. It's actually very admirable. And also you mentioned earlier that you prayed. How can you explain prayer to someone who might not be used to praying, who's relying on one's talents? I guess prayer is just a conversation with just you and God. And it's just really a safe space for you to share your feelings as is. There's no shame in saying your weaknesses. There's no shame in saying your struggles. It really changes you. Of course, when you pray, the situation doesn't automatically go the way you want it to be. But you become transformed to better understand why these things are happening. Thank you very much, Angelica. And I wish you luck for all of your career plans. And I hope that we meet in person. Thank you. Bye, Paul. Thank you so much. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Decisive Life. If you liked it, take a screenshot of this podcast, share it, and the link to this episode to three of your friends today. Post it in social media and use the hashtag The Decisive Life. Until the next episode, my friend, be good.